Just Thinking with hosts Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, bringing you week-to-week cultural apologetics as well as social issues from a biblical worldview. This is Just Thinking. Let's think. We're back. It's another edition of the Just Thinking broadcast. I am Virgil Walker. And I am Daryl Harrison, checking in from the East Coast in ACL with my man, Omar. <laughs> What's that, up, that, boss? That, not much, man. That kind of put me in the mind of some Michael Jackson right there. I know, man. man. I was trying to do my little Michael Jackson. I was channeling a little Michael Jackson right there. Right, at, right, at, right. At, at that moment, you know, like like we always say, man, you never know how I'm going to do your intro, man. You never nah, know. You, nah, man. I'm always and up you, for whatever. And, and, and you know what? I never know either. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm always, kinda, I'm always down hits, for whatever, man. It hits me at the spur of the moment, man. Right, right, right. That's, I, that's, I don't the, think, that's the good news about it. You know, Omaha, I don't think our listeners will believe me, but this is the truth. I promise you I'm not lying when I say this. I'm really an introvert. I'm really, really a pretty introverted guy. Yeah, I really am. I, I, I would prefer, you know, if I have my choice on anything, is to stay in background. I like to stay right. in the background. I'm right. not a guy who's out front. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, when I have to be out front, I'm comfortable doing that. So, sure. but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much a quiet, introverted kind of homebody kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are moments definitely when I like my, my, my space, my alone time. And, uh, but the, 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 the just thinking broadcast, man, this is, I think it may give an impression of me that people wrong who don't impression. know me personally. It's right. not a wrong impression. It's just a different one. I mean, I, I enjoy engaging folks on topics, especially when it comes to mostly what you and I talk about, that's theology. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm in my environment with that. So I'll talk to anybody about that, sure. but uh, you know, this, this, this medium, this platform here kind of gives me an opportunity to expose myself to a certain degree. Uh, whereas, you know, normally I probably would not. Right. Uh, it's not that I, so it's not necessarily a wrong per- per- perspective or a wrong sort of image, but it's just a different one. It's right, a different right. one. But uh, it's, it's interesting. We've kind of, we've kind of exchanged roles. I'm a bit more of an extrovert. And yeah. so I enjoy being out there. I enjoy kind of being, being the front line and, and getting in the mix and doing it. And I, and I get energy from that. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how, how I'm, I'm kind of wired, but on, on this podcast, on this broadcast, man, I truth be told, it's kind of refreshing, man, to be on with you, and not have to be right kind of lead guy right and uh and and so i enjoy man learning hearing growing and 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 playing this kind of kind of backseat role and and just kind of rolling with you not not to mention i just i just really just i'm blessed by your commentary by your writing and uh and so i i just i just enjoy it man it's it's one of those it's for me it's one of the few spaces bro that i actually get to sit back and not have to be lead guy. So I kind of enjoy that as well. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that, man. You know, you and I have a lot of fun together doing this. And uh, I think, I think I want to mention again for our new listeners that Virgil and I have never met each other in person. Mm-hmm. Never. We've been doing this broadcast now for a year, a year, man, a year. Ha- ha- hey, happy anniversary, bro. Hey, happy anniversary to you too, man. As a matter of fact, <laughs> speaking of happies, <laughs> speaking of happies, I want to wish you too, man, a happy veterans day. I want you oh, happy Veterans back at Day, you, bro. bro. 
Absolutely. Because, Back uh, at you, ma'am. Yeah. So we're recording this episode on Sunday, November 11th, which is the day before the official observance of Veterans Day, which is going to be tomorrow on uh, mm-hmm. November the 12th. Mm-hmm. And uh, Virgil, why don't you go ahead and tell them a little bit about your uh, military background? Take a couple oh. minutes and, and knock yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've, man, I got into uh, the military, kind of did mine backwards. I did kind of Air, Air National Guard and then went active duty. And then wrapped it wrapped up my time uh, in the Air National Guard recruiter. I did all kinds of stuff. I kind of started in supply and then I did uh, kind of administrative stuff and worked at the Pentagon for a bit and had a number of different tours in a number of different places. All said, man, I enjoyed uh, all of, gosh, 12 years total, total active duty service time and uh, enjoyed it. Uh, it was a blessing. Got a chance to see a lot of different spaces and places. Uh, ended my tenure in a special duty assignment, which was recruiting, where I was the number one recruiter in the nation, and got to do some really neat stuff. Man, it was it was an honor and a blessing to get a chance to serve. I don't think of my my tour of service or duty as as anything special when I think about the sacrifice of so many others. Yeah, um, you know, but uh, but I'm thankful for the time I got to spend. You know, yeah, same here. How about for um, you? Yeah, I did six years active duty in the U.S. Army. Uh, most of that time I, I did stateside, so I never traveled to Europe or anywhere mm-hmm. outside the mm-hmm. continental 48, but, uh, I was a 71 Lima, which was, uh, an administrative, uh, role and I was attached to the criminal investigation division. So mm-hmm. my unit officially was called the United States army intelligence security command. And what my role was to assist the CID, uh, team in doing background checks on recruits whose MOS or whose occupational uh, job choice required a top secret or higher clearance. So gotcha. I would totally get uh, my, my team would assist CID in doing background checks on these individuals, their families, their neighbors. I mean, the backgrounds were, were just uh, thorough. I mean, they were forensic. Uh, so, wow. uh, yeah. So, so I did six years active, uh, got out. I had an older brother who served in the coast guard. And uh, I just want to say, ma'am, I, I echo your sentiments. Exactly. I think for those who, and as much as we appreciate, uh, folks thanking us for our service. Right. I think we're right. really, when you walk up or you engage any veteran uh, on the, the topic of the time that they spent, whether it was active reserve, uh, wh- whatever it was, uh, none of us views it as something that we need to be thanked for right? Uh, because that's not why we did it. Uh, every veteran to a person will tell you, that it was their privilege. It was our privilege. It was our honor to be able to serve this great nation that we have, that, that, that we're blessed to be able to uh, serve, to defend. Um, so, you know, don't thank me. I appreciate the, the thanks. I do. I appreciate right. the well wishes. Um, but, you know, it, it kind of makes me uncomfortable when people it thank me, me for the, the yeah. service. So, uh, Same so here. yes, but, but I do, I do want to acknowledge brother that you did serve, uh, you did serve your country, and, and mm-hmm. perhaps that's one thing about uh, you and me that our listeners didn't know. So, right. for no other reason, it might be a, a interesting little nugget of information for them to have to right. to know that both you and I are uh, military veterans. So, what's well, interesting to me is is you had seventy one Lima. That's that's admin, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Admin. Yep. Ours was ours. Uh, ours were, are called AFSCs, Air, Air Force. Oh, got something or another. Uh, we don't have MOSs. We have AFSCs, and and mine was uh, was a uh, 3A150, 3A150. And so 3, 3A1 was administrative assistant. Okay, and cool. So, wow. <laughs> Man, 
It's like so we were doing the exact same kind exact of job. Exact same thing. Yeah. 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 Different branches doing the exact yep. same job. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I just want to mention that Virgil and I've never met. Uh, but man, we've got so many things in common. If you want to catch yeah. up on some of the things that Virgil and I do have in common as brothers uh in Christ and just as as uh as as men in our life experiences. Uh, go check out some of the earlier episodes of the Just Thinking broadcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, go check them out. You can get to them at thebarpodcast.com slash JT. Thebarpodcast.com slash JT. Or you can subscribe to Just Thinking on either Apple or Android uh, devices on your podcast app. All right. Omaha, here we go again. This is part three. Three. In our series of episodes on the Ligonier State of Theology survey, yep, um, we've done two episodes uh, on the survey uh, previous to this one. So if you haven't caught those, go out to the URL that I just mentioned or download and subscribe to the podcast on your podcast app. Check out the Ligonier, the, I'm sorry, the State of Theology Parts 1 and Part 2. Mm-hmm. The State of Theology Part 1 and Part 2. Now, Omaha, before we press record on this episode, you and I were talking off air a little bit, and you were giving me an update, man, on some jail ministry uh, activities that you were involved in uh, today. As a matter of fact, I thought it would be good for our listeners to hear that update from you, the the uh, the uh, interaction you had with one individual in particular, because I think that's going to be a great segue into what we want to sure. talk about in this uh, episode specifically as it relates to statement number three, which I will expand on in a second of the Ligonier state of theology. So you want to share that man before we roll into this? Absolutely, man. I just, uh, once a month, I try to, uh, I think one of the things I think is incredibly important is for those who are pastors, uh, or who have, I think it's important for anybody, but specifically those who are pastors who spend a lot of time inside the four walls of the church ministering to, you know, believers, I think it's important for us to get outside of those four walls. And so for me, I try to, on purpose, put myself in spaces or places that require me to not be in a place where I'm going to be always applauded for, you know, what I think or what I share, that kind of thing. So as you well know, and, and our listeners who've been with us, I do, you know, street evangelism and the like. And and once a month, I try to go uh, to do jail ministry. Mm-hmm. So this was that opportunity. I mean, I, I'm literally rushing back to get home so that I could jump on and we can record, but it's a blessing to get to go. What I was sharing with you is even out of that this week, earlier this week, uh, I had a one-on-one opportunity uh, with a young man who was, uh, who was, is an, he, he would consider himself an ex-Mormon, an ex-Mormon. Mm-hmm. Uh, family still involved in Mormonism. In fact, he had mentioned the fact that he had a couple of sisters who were on their mission. Uh, and it was at the time that he was to go on his mission. Uh, you know, for those who may not be aware, most Mormons uh, at the age of 18 prior to heading off to college, uh, take a couple of years and go uh, spend time in the missionary field. And so he said right before that time frame hit, he had kind of spent a lot of time studying uh, and really unpacking what uh, he believed and, and, and came to recognize that he felt that he was involved uh, in a false religion. And had informed his family at that time that, uh, you know, this is this is a huge rite of passage for for oh, young yeah. Mormons. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, he had made the decision based upon the fact that he had determined that Mormonism was false, that he was not planning to go on mission to the great devastation of of his family. And, uh, you know, as he wrestled with that, struggled with that, um, and I had a, more of an opportunity to talk with him, it was it was interesting, Daryl, that he fluctuated between aspects of Mormonism that he still kind of held on to based mm-hmm. upon family mm-hmm. tradition uh, mm-hmm. as well as, uh, I'd say, early agnosticism, if not mm-hmm. atheism. And mm-hmm. so it was it was an interesting conversation because my, I think my first task was to try to express to him the differences between Mormonism and Christianity mm-hmm. uh, and then deal with the subject of his, you know, professed atheism. And uh, man, it was it was a uh, was a it was an awesome conversation. I had a wonderful opportunity to to use some some apologetics, but also express and explain uh, the primacy of the gospel and the difference between the 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 gospel. I'll put that in air quotes regarding Mormonism, right? And uh, and 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 the true gospel of of Christ Jesus uh, as expressed in biblical Christianity. So, uh, interesting conversation. Uh, it was it was. The first, like, like we said, and it, and it leads into kind of what we're talking about tonight to unpack for him, you know, the difference between the God of Mormonism and the God of of, of biblical Christianity, uh, the difference in works, ba- works plus faith equaling salvation, mm-hmm. and faith alone uh, equaling salvation, grace through mm-hmm. faith alone is equaling salvation. So, incredible conversations. Uh, but again, it, it it definitely when when you hit me back and and kind of told me, hey, here's where here's we're going to go this week. I thought, wow, here I had just you know come off of an a, an evangelistic experience in the jail, which we had a great time proclaiming the gospel there, and then earlier in the week, this conversation with a uh, an, an ex Mormon. So uh, just just interesting timing and 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 with regard to and and I think it's imperative and it's important that we know what these differences are, because Bingo. at the end of the day, we're going to have to give an explanation and account. Scripture tells us that we're to always be prepared to give a defense to anyone who asks us for the hope that we have in Christ. And it's imperative that we know what these differences are so that when asked, we can have a we can have a ready answer. Yeah, that's first Peter three fifteen, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to read that real quick, you know, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. That's first mm-hmm. Peter three fifteen, and that applies to every single Christian. Absolutely. Every single one. Now, do you expect to have further dialogue with this gentleman? Oh, absolutely. We we've uh, I've set up a time uh on on Monday nights, man, where we're gonna we're going to spend the next two or three uh, Mondays uh, around around seven thirty on Monday evening, seven thirty Central Monday evening. Evening. So, if any of our listeners are are hearing this, I would I would I would you know solicit your prayers, um, and I'd, I'd covet your prayers actually regarding this because it's it's a it's an open door. There's a there's a brother who was uh, agnostic, uh, who spent I spent a couple of weeks with, two or three weeks with, and by God's grace. Um, God, God opened his heart. Uh, he is now professed Christ as Lord. And so he's the one that's really evangelizing his friends. So I'd started a kind of a Bible study and an ongoing discipleship with him and another brother in Christ. And mm-hmm. so as a result, 
they're kind of in in the music arena and mm-hmm. uh you know bands and stuff like mm-hmm. that so they're around mm-hmm. a lot of folks who are who profess some level of atheism or agnosticism that they're beginning to evangelize and they they just kind of asked me hey you mind if i invite my friend to our study and i said mm-hmm. yeah you know i'm i'm happy to do that so i'm i'm prayerful man that by god's grace he would see fit to allow that space to to grow and uh, and for for uh, you know for, for me to get an opportunity to share the gospel with even more and more people in that space. So now Omaha, one more favor I want to ask of you before we delve into sort of springboard into our topic for this episode, given what you shared with us regarding this uh this gentleman that you had this just excellent dialogue with. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to our listeners who may not know the difference or the distinction between agnostic and atheist? Can you can yeah. you go into that for a second? Yeah. The, the, the agnostic, uh, agnosticism, uh, A meaning none, gnosis or gnosis, knowledge, no knowledge, uh, no knowledge of God. They're not sure uh, that God exists. They're not sure uh, whether or not there might or might not be God. It's, it's you know, it's, it's ignorance. It's, it's ig- you know, not knowing. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's an expression of, of absolute ignorance. And then atheism, atheism, uh, no to theism or none. Uh, no, no, you know, someone who says, no, there's no God. There's no theism. I don't believe uh, that, that God exists. It's an actual truth claim uh, mm-hmm. that God does not exist. The, the, mm-hmm. the other uh, is, in, a, in an essence, a claim. It's a claim of a lack of mm-hmm. knowledge, but, mm-hmm. but, uh, but, but again, I, neither of those positions according to scripture are accurate descriptions of where they are. Actually Romans chapter one, verse 18 expresses very clearly that God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth of God that they know in unrighteousness. It's God's true God, God's existence. They know. They're mm-hmm. simply suppressing mm-hmm. that truth mm-hmm. in unrighteousness. And so I don't really, I don't, whatever term they may use to express who, what they believe or what thought they have. Uh, my appeal is always to scripture and, mm-hmm. and to the truth claims as found in scripture about mm-hmm. the conditions of mankind. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. I appreciate you sharing that Omaha. And I'm sure our listeners appreciate that as well. And that's what's so cool about this, uh, this, this platform that we have, in the just thinking broadcast and that especially if you're a new listener if you if this is your first time or maybe your second just third you've you've not been a listener a long time this is what omaha and i do and the, re- the reason I, I refer to him as omaha is because virgil is based in omaha nebraska mm-hmm. i'm in atlanta virgil's in omaha nebraska mm-hmm. uh, so that's kind of where i sort of uh, stuck that nickname to him but this is what we do uh and if you in case you didn't know again for our newer listeners None of this is scripted. None of these episodes are scripted. Um, as Virgil alluded to a second ago, we, uh, leading up to the date that we record uh, each episode, we have an agreement on what the topic is going to be. Mm-hmm. But when he hits record on his end, he has no idea what I'm going <laughs> to say. And I have no idea what he's going to say. Yeah, for, the, for, the, for the new listeners, I let them know I'm the only one that sounds like I don't have a clue what I'm going to say. <laughs> right. That's the, right. That's the the difference between you're, you're you're way too humble there brother way too humble <laughs> yeah you you know exactly what you're talking about trust me but uh but this is what we do we 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 take a topic we open the word of god and we just talk about it we just talk about it we unpack it we dissect yeah. it uh you know hopefully with the, with the holy spirit's 
uh, wisdom, which is what we need, obviously, mm, because we amen. don't possess in ourselves the wisdom to talk about anything. But uh, I just thought what you shared with me was worth was worthy of our listeners hearing as well. And I yeah. thought it was interesting, especially with what we're going to talk about in this episode, the Ligonier State of Theology, mm-hmm. part three, mm-hmm. in that the gentleman you were speaking with was a self-acknowledged ex-Mormon. So here is someone who came to a realization in and of himself that Mormonism was not true. Mm-hmm. Now, notwithstanding, notwithstanding the other extreme that he's progressing toward now, right? but by God's grace, using you and perhaps others in his life, mm-hmm. God will turn him from that road uh, on which he's heading towards atheism. Now, notwithstanding that, here's some, someone who acknowledged in and of himself, who realized himself that Mormonism was not the truth, mm-hmm. was not the truth, okay? And I, the reason I thought that was interesting and, and tied into what we're going to talk about here in this episode is because, as I mentioned earlier, this is the third in a series of episodes that we're dedicating to the 2018 Ligonier Ministries State of Theology survey. You can get to that survey at thestateoftheology.com, thestateoftheology.com. That's all one word. And check it out for yourself. So this episode is the third. The previous two episodes, we dedicated to Statement 11, which was everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. Mm-hmm. So we we dealt with that last week. Previous to that, we dealt with survey statement number six. Quote, Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. Now, in this episode, we're dealing with survey statement number three. It's in the Ligonier State of Theology, statement number three, which reads, quote, God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, unquote. Mm-hmm. So that's statement number three in the Ligonier State of Theology survey, and that's the statement that we're going to be talking about in this episode of the Justin and Broadcast. So again, statement number three reads, God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Now, according to the Ligonier study, 52% of professing evangelicals agree with that statement. 52%, more than half. So more than half, and and, and just to, to add some context to this, the statements within the Ligonier study that you and I are addressing in this series of uh, episodes are statements that only professing Christians responded to. So this isn't just your average man on the street kind of thing. These are statements that were responded to by professing evangelical Christians. So with regard to statement number three, as was the case with statement six and statement 11, 52% of professing evangelicals agree that God accepts worship of all from all religions. Now, as I study the wording of statement number three, and I'm going to repeatedly read that statement out loud because as we discuss this topic, I want the statement to become fresh in the minds of the listeners. 
because I think repeating that statement continues to will help our listeners continue to understand the context in which we're going to be discussing that statement. So as I studied that statement, though, statement three, that God accepts the worship of all religions, it occurred to me, Omaha, that the first clue to the 52% that agree with that statement should have been the very first word, very first word in the statement. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I have talked before in the previous two episodes that if you focus on the wording of the statement, what you will find is that the correct response to the statement is intrinsic to the statement itself. Right. It's intrinsic mm-hmm. to the statement itself. So the first clue to the 52% who agreed that God accepts the worship of our religions should have been the first word in that statement, which is God. Right, now, right. yeah, I say that because the 52% of professing evangelicals who affirmed that God accepts the worship of our religions are acknowledging themselves to be nothing more than Christian syncretists. Mm-hmm. And that the God in whom they profess to believe is merely a divine universalist. <laughs> now, if you're a Christian and you're reading that statement, God accepts the worship of our religions, the first thing to sh- that should have been set off in your mind is who is this God? Absolutely. Who, who, who is this God? That should have been the first thing. But that more than half of the respondents agree that the God in whom they profess to believe accepts worship from our religions. That makes them syncretists and makes God a universalist. Right. Right. Now, now I'm, 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 I'm what, I want to I interject a little something here because I, I think I know what you mean when you say syncretist, when you say syncretism. But, I, you know, and, and probably some of those folks who listen to us for quite some time know exactly what you mean. But when you say syncretism, maybe maybe you should break that down for the listeners so that they understand yeah. what you mean by syncretism. Yeah, I'll be glad to. Thanks, Omaha. So. By definition, syncretism is, is, is sort of the fusion or the amalgamation or the synthesizing of various religious beliefs or tenets or practices under one umbrella or into one religious worldview. Okay, so you, you, it's like a, a, a religious recipe and every other different type of diverse type of religion is, a, is an ingredient in that recipe. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's sort of this sort of coming together of this diversity of uh, religious perspective, precepts, tenets under one umbrella. Um, now, conversely, universalism, simply put, is the belief that God will save everyone, right. regardless of religious right. worldview. Regardless of your religious persuasion or perspective, the universalist believes that God will save everyone. Or, or lack, the, or lack those, thereof, even right, or, or lack thereof, right, or lack thereof, like like your atheists, or right. or, or or like the atheists or the agnostic, they're going to be right. saved as well. Yeah, so so the, the universalists are your folks who who have the coexist bumper stickers on their cars, right? Those those are the universalists. Those are the syncretists that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 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 that's what I mean when I say syncretism or syncretist and universalism. So the that that fifty two percent didn't catch on to the fact that they are by acknowledging and agreeing and concurring that the God in whom they profess to believe accepts worship 
from all other religions, they obviously did not realize what they were doing by responding in the, in the affirmative to that statement because they've just declared themselves syncretists and the God whom they profess to believe a universalist. That's exactly mm-hmm. what they've done. Mm-hmm. So again, to suggest that God accepts worship from all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam is tantamount to confessing two things. Here's what those respondents, respondents have confessed about themselves, whether they realize this or not. Number one, what they've confessed is that the God of the Bible is not distinct from any other God. That's number one. Yeah. And number two, they've also confessed that salvation can be achieved outside of what the biblical gospel declares. Oh, that's good. That's really good. By acknowledging that God accepts worship from all other religions, you have acknowledged at least those two things. Mm-hmm. That the God of the Bible the God in whom you profess to believe is not this. He's no different than any other God, small G. Mm-hmm. And then you've also acknowledged that salvation can be achieved outside of what the biblical gospel declares. Right. Now let's go to, to scripture because that's what we do here on the that's just thing broadcast. We open the word of God and we let you know what the word of God says. Mm-hmm. Acts four twelve. Acts 4.12, reading from the non-Arminian Standard Bible. Right, right, right. Acts 4.12, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. That's Acts chapter 4, verse 12. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Now, I want to take a moment, Omaha, and exposit that text for a minute. Do it. In Acts 4.12, we have one positive declaration and two negative declarations. One positive declaration and two negative declarations. The positive declaration is this, that salvation is attainable. The verse says there is salvation all right Mm -hmm. that's the first part Mm -hmm. of the verse and there is salvation the negative however is that that salvation is in no one else and in no other name so on the positive side yeah there's salvation available but on the negative side or better said the exclusive side That salvation is available in no one else and in no other name than Jesus Christ. That's the mm. doctrine of Sola Christus. Um, absolutely. That's Christ alone. Yeah. Christ alone. So with regard to the doctrine of soteriology, which is really ultimately what we're talking about here, right. the doctrine of salvation, how is one saved? How is one saved? Acts 4.12 is simultaneously inclusive and exclusive. It is inclusive in that, as I said earlier, it teaches that salvation is available to the world. Salvation is available. Mm -hmm. It is exclusive, however, with regard to how that salvation is made available to the world. Mm -hmm. I want to say that again. Acts 4.12 is inclusive and exclusive. Salvation is available. That's why we're doing this this, this podcast, this broadcast. Yes, yes. Ultimately, right? Right, Omaha? Ultimately. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. It's to point you to Jesus Christ and the salvation mm-hmm. offered to all through faith in him. Okay, so ultimately that's why we're here. But salvation is ex- exclusive with regard to how that salvation is made available to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see? So, for example, we know from John four twenty four that God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Now, mm-hmm. I want to point out in that text in John four twenty four that the prepositional phrase and truth at the end, at the end of that verse, that prepositional phrase and truth, is made effectual by acknowledging first and foremost who this God is that we are to worship in spirit and truth. Mm-hmm. See, that's what I said earlier, that the 52% of respondents to the statement that God accepts worship from all religions, the first thing in response to that question is to acknowledge who is God. Yes. Who is God? Do you know this God in whom you f- profess to believe? We need to talk about that first. So Absolutely. When I when I had the yeah, go ahead. When I, I was just gonna say when I when I had the when I sat down with this young man, that's the first question that we had to address. Exactly. Who, who is God? Who is Be, God? Because the whole framework of everything we talk about thereafter, with regard to how we are to worship Him, had to do with who is the God that we're talking about. Bingo, bingo. That's fundamental. Mm-hmm. That's fundamental. That's ABCs. Absolutely. That's that's one, two, three. That is your mm-hmm. one, two, three times table. I mean, mm-hmm. th- this is so basic. You yeah. have got to start there. Yeah. Okay. So again, John 4, 24, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. We must first understand who is this God mm-hmm. that I'm supposed to worship in spirit and truth. Now, in that text, the word worship in John 4, 24, that Greek verb there is the word proskuneo and literally means mm-hmm. to kiss the hand. Yes. To kiss the hand as a token of reverence, to kneel, prostrate oneself, to do homage mm-hmm. or make obeisance, whether in order to express respect or to make supplication. So I mentioned that because the ligonier statement that we're talking about, right, is that 52% of professing Christians who responded to that statement said that God accepts all worship. Mm-hmm. So we need to define what worship is. Yes. We need to define what worship is. So again, in John four twenty four, that's the Greek verb proskuneo, and it means to kiss the hand. Yes. To bow, to kiss the hand, to kneel or prostrate oneself. To make supplication. Mm-hmm. Okay. A good example of this is in Psalm 95. I want to read Psalm 95 verses 1 through 6. And as you're listening to me read this text, just listen to all the verbs that are in this text that create a picture for you of that that one person making a a gesture of of homage, obeisance, supplication, reverence. So listen to this uh, and try to get a picture of that as I read through Psalm 95 Verses one through six. Mm-hmm. Oh, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. 
Let us shout joyfully to him with songs. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods, Mm -hmm. in whose hand are the depths of the earth. The Mm -hmm. peaks of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for it was he who made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us worship and bow down. Mm -hmm. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. And did you get a sense, Omaha, of the, the what the definition of worship looks like? Mm-hmm. Let us worship and bow down, the text says. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Let us shout joyfully. A great king God is above all gods. Amen. So the question becomes, as you listen and you read through a text like Psalm 95, Verses one through six. Does the Muslim shout joyfully to the God of the Bible? Right. No, no, no. absolutely no. Not. Does the Buddhist acknowledge the God of the Christian as a great God, mm-hmm. as we just read in Psalm 95? No. no, no, they don't. No, they don't. Another point I want to make in light of what we just read in Psalm 95 is that the last line in that verse in verse six let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Mm. Now, the point I want to make is this. Again, up against statement number three in the Ligonier study that God accepts worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Mm -hmm. That last line in verse six of Psalm 95, let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Now, the point I want to make is this, that God is, in fact, the maker of every person who has ever been born. Yes. He is every person's maker. But he is not every person's Lord. Okay. He is every person's maker. But he is not the Lord of every person. Psalm 95 verse 6 says, let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Yes. Yeah, he's everybody's maker, but he's not everybody's Lord. Mm-mm. So for the 52% of respondents who agreed that the God of the Bible, that is the God of the Christian, the 52% of respondents, survey respondents who agreed that that God accepts worship, that is, he accepts displays of reverence, of obeisance, of homage from all religions. The question for them becomes this. Why do they profess profess to be a Christian in the first place? Mm -hmm. If God accepts worship from all religions, if the God in whom you profess to believe is in fact a divine universalist, why not subscribe to Judaism? Why not subscribe to Islam or Hinduism or Buddhism or Zoroastrianism or one of the other innumerable religions that offer a quote-unquote path to salvation right why are you a christian man 52 percent <laughs> mm-hmm. if god indeed does accept worship from all religions mm-hmm. why are you a christian right. why are you not aligned with one of these other religions that you say god accepts worship from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the question for that 52% that they have to answer. That is an unavoidable question that that 52% must deal with. They must deal with that. 
why are you a Christian if the God in whom you profess to believe accepts worship from every other religion? Mm-hmm. So I think about that question myself when I think about a text like John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Come on. John 1, verses 12 and 13. But as many as received him, to them, that's exclusive. That's exclusivity mm-hmm. to them. But as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become mm-hmm. children of God. And let me pause right there. Because we, we made the point earlier that God is everyone's maker, but he's not everyone's Lord. This text here in John one verses 12 and 13 underscores that it says but as many as received him to them he gave the right to become children of god even to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of god now here's my point omaha i'm convinced that part of the reason more than half of the professing evangelical Christians who responded in agreement with statement number three of this survey, the reason they did is that we've conv- we're, we've convinced ourselves that we are all children of God oh, simply by good. virtue of being physically born. Yeah, yeah. This 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 is why 52% can respond to a statement like mm-hmm. that and mm-hmm. say that I believe God accepts worship from all religions because we've convinced ourselves that we're all children of God simply by virtue of being physically born. Right. I mean, how many times have you heard someone say, Omaha, well, we're all God's children? Absolutely. A ton. More than I can count. I've heard that a million times. More than I can count. Yeah. Oh, we're all God's children. Well, you know what? I got news for you. And it's not that I say 15% on my car insurance. The news (laughs) is that, no, we're not all God's children. Right. No, we're not. No, we're not. Go back and read John chapter 1, verses Mm -hmm. 12 and 13, Mm -hmm. the text we just read. That text makes it unambiguously clear. We are all God's creation, yes, but we are not all God's children. I want to go back and read that verse, those two verses again. But John 1, verses 12 and 13. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Now, if you're already a child of God by virtue of just being born, you don't need to become a child of God. The text here in John 1, 12 says, no, God gives them. Those who receive him through his son, Jesus Christ, by faith, become children of God. Mm -hmm. So that verse just totally shoots down any idea that anyone has that just by virtue of being born into this world, you're a child of God. No, you're not. Right. No, you're not. You're a creation of God. Yes. He is your maker. Yes. But he's not your Lord. He's not your God. Mm -hmm. John 1, 13, even to those who believe in his name, mm-hmm. in his name. Okay. Jesus, Jesus said in John 17, 3, John 17, 3, this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God. Yes. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Amen. Now, let me exposit that text a little bit. The adjective only, let me read the text again. This is eternal life that they may know you. This is Jesus' high priestly prayer that he's praying 
on behalf of believers just before he is arrested and executed. John 17, 3, this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Now, the adjective only, that word only in John 17, 3, is the Greek word monos, M-O-N-O-S, monos, which when you translate it, it not only means one or alone or singular, it means one who has no comparison. Mm-hmm. It's one who has no comparison. Consider Isaiah 46, 9. Remember the former things long past, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me. So when you read a text like John 17, 3, where Jesus says that they may know you, the only true God, that doesn't mean there's just one God. That's not just what that means. It means that God, that one God has no comparison. He is unique. He is distinct. Isaiah 45, 5a, I am the Lord and there is no other besides me. There is no God. So the 52% who responded in the affirmative that God accepts worship from all other from all religions is a, is a self-defeating idea. There's only one God. There's only one. There's only one true God. And that one true God is the God of the Bible. So to say that there are other legitimate religions from which God accepts worship is a non sequitur. It doesn't make sense. Because those other religions, the deity to whom they offer their worship, for lack of a better word, is a false deity. It doesn't even exist. They don't even exist. Let me look at Matthew Matthew chapter 17, verse 5. Matthew 17, 5. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud said, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned Matthew 17, 5, because Christians are commanded to listen to Jesus. Not to Allah or Buddha or Brahma or Vishnu or Shiva or Joseph Smith or Abraham or Moses. Listen to him, the text says. This is what God, the Father's own words. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him, Christian. Christians are commanded to listen to Jesus not Allah or Buddha or anyone else. Luke chapter 4, verse 8. Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Deuteronomy 6.13 You shall fear only the Lord your God and you shall worship him. Psalm 99.9 Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill, for holy is the Lord our God. Mm-hmm. So the question must be asked, is the God of Islam our God? Come on, man. No. Is the God of Judaism our God? Is the God of Buddhism our God? 
Is the mm -hmm. God of Mormonism or Seventh-day Adventism our God? Is the God of the Jehovah's Witness our God? I mean, I could go on and on, but I'm sure the listeners get the point, right, Omaha? Absolutely. Anything you want to add here? Yeah, I would, man. A couple couple of thoughts that I that I wanted to kind of throw in there. And and that is as I look at this statement, um if we did if we kind of went backwards from the end of the statement forward, no true Muslim would acknowledge this statement. That Absolutely God accepts not. worship from all religions. He, the, the, no That's Muslim a great point. Do you know what I'm saying? No Muslim would say that. They would say no. You you've made Jesus a deity equal to Allah, mm -hmm. and uh, and and he and he has no you know th th their thought of the Trinity is God the Father, Jesus the Son, and Mary. Right, that's kind of right. how it was expressed right. uh, in the Quran, and so they they know that we that we don't worship the same God, the the the, the Jew, right? I I started going back and looking at you know just like you did. I looked at all of these. Old Testament passages, mm -hmm. uh, for example, Leviticus chapter 10, uh, Nadab and Abihu, right? Aaron's mm -hmm. sons, yep. mm -hmm. they each take a censer of a fire and they offer unauthorized fire before the Lord that he had not commanded them. Mm -hmm. And, and what, what happened to them? You know, God consumed them mm -hmm. and, they, and they died. That's Leviticus 10 verses one through three. And, and so the Jew knows that you can't come to God in any old kind of fashion mm -hmm. and in, in, you know, in any kind of manner that you see fit. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I look at, um, you know, other, other passages, second Samuel chapter six, where Uzzah, right. He, he mm -hmm. reaches out, uh, to, to, uh, to study, uh, the Ark of the covenant, you know, what, what happens to him? God sees that as irreverent. And he strikes him dead. Strikes mm -hmm. him dead, and, and mm -hmm. he dies. Mm -hmm. Right, and and mm -hmm. and David is is you know upset, uh, but but realizes, man, it was their own disobedience as they brought the ark of the covenant back into the camp that caused this situation to happen. Mm -hmm. So so you know, I mean, you 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 look in 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 the New Testament. I mean, there's so many examples, mm -hmm. and God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm -hmm. And for us to think that we we can come to God in, in any old fashion, in any old irreverent manner, in any old kind of way that we see fit, and that we don't even have to go through Jesus Christ, the Lord, right, right, as a, is 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 baffling. And and again, right. when you look at I, my point was, and and you had, you had covered so much of this so well, I just started thinking through as you were talking. Go backwards through this statement. It says God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. And if you start with Islam and think of that statement, no Muslim would answer that question in ever, the affirmative. Ever, ever. No, no, no Jew would answer that question in the affirmative. There's a nope. certain way in which they believe that you are to approach God. So it's only westernized Christianity, cultural Christianity, um, that, that has accepted the idea to the point you made that, you know that, that that syncretism is is the way to go, and that that God, the God that we worship, is somehow universalist in His approach, and uh, in, in, in how we approach Him. And so, I I just I just think it, it's it's flawed. And like I said, no no one from those other other you know forms of faith would 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 answer in the affirmative. Yeah, and it's like as I listen to you there, especially towards the end of your comment, there is is sort of the what I call a kumbaya theology, <laughs> where you know the 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 Christianity, especially in America. 
biblical Christianity has become so reductionist that mm-hmm. we oh, have good. stripped we have stripped God of so much of his innate nature. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get this sort of syncretist worldview or this syncretist uh, orthodoxy that God accepts worship from any religion. He, yeah, any religion. Just it's just it's it's the it's the fragrant aroma that the the high priest would offer uh, in the in the Old Testament in the uh, as as worship to God. Yeah, just just anyone can come to God. Yeah, because we made him so much like us. That's good. You see, he's we've mm-hmm. made him so much like us. We have reduced him to our level mm. and made him so much like us that we totally stripped him. Of his holiness, of that's, his righteousness. That, that that's what's at issue. That's that, what, right, that, what that essentially is. What's at issue? That's here. what's at issue. What we've done. I think the point you're making there is brilliant. What we've done is we've stripped him, and 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 our attempt. And again, I, while I was in the jail today, I I preached from I preached the gospel, man, from from Romans chapter one, starting in verse eighteen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> as I, as yep. I'm reading as I'm reading that and unpacking that, I recognized a couple of things, and that is. Paul didn't start with the good news from a standpoint of what's, you know, what, what Jesus did. He started from the bad news of our condemnation before the sovereign, holy God of the universe. Yeah. And, and he, he makes, he makes the, he, I mean, he, he starts out with the fact that, you know, that, that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and wickedness of men. Right. It, it's mm-hmm. that place that he begins to unpack for us, you know, in, in 15 chapters, the, the message of the, the message of the gospel. And so we've we've done the reverse. We said, oh, no, no, no. Everybody's all good. No big deal. No harm. No foul. We're all come in, you know, together and we'll lower the bar so low that everybody yep. can equally yep. come in. As, as I'm thinking through this, recognizing, I think what you just hit on as we began to kind of wrap is 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 the critical component we've reduced god uh the the god of the bible we we've we've reduced him to our own imagination of who god is and uh and, and that's the that's the god we're promoting and that's that that's the basis by which we're responding uh by those who responded to this this particular survey are actually responding it's to the reduced god not of the bible but the one that they've created in their own imagination who looks quite quite like themselves right exactly right it's the god who looks like us it's the god who fits into our uh love box you know our definition of what love mercy forgiveness uh and everything how we define those terms right in our own uh, you know, through our own paradigm of what those terms should mean and what the expression of those uh, attributes uh, should look like. But we've robbed God of his holiness. And when we rob God of his holiness, we rob God of his standard of righteousness. We rob him of his standard of righteousness. And that is that sin abhors him. Sin must be dealt with. So we focus so much on love and grace and mercy to where you get 52% of Christians saying, yeah, I believe God accepts worship from all religions, from mm-hmm. all religions, you know, cause he, cause right now, uh, Omaha, we, we just serve a God of love. Right. That's, that's the, that's the, we have, we have reduced God so low 
in our eyes that he, the only attribute that he retains of his nature is love. That's it. Right. Everything else, wrath, justice, vengeance, Mm -hmm. jealousy, all those things that God says about himself in scripture, we've stripped those off of him. You see, but again, as I said before the break, I'm encouraging listeners. If you profess to be a Christian, to dig into the word of God, dig deep into the word of God so that you understand what it means. The God of Christianity is a very exclusive God. The God of Christianity says through his son, Jesus Christ, to enter by the narrow gate. Statement three of this Ligonier study, 52% of the respondents apparently believe that the gate is wide. That that gate is wide enough to let everyone in. Mm-hmm. But see, there's no, there will be no coexist bumper sticker in heaven. <laughs> okay, that's the tweet for the show right there. There will I'm just be gonna, I'm, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mark. I'm gonna mark that for our listeners. That's the that's the tweet right there. In other words, that's the tweet that's gonna get me in trouble this week, right? <laughs> That was your diplomatic way of saying that. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But see, there, there are no coexist bumper stickers or flags in heaven. When you die, when you take your last breath, you're going to meet face to face the God of John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. The only thing that's going to matter in that, whatever the smallest measure of time there is, is whether you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ or not. If you didn't before your last breath, it will be too late. It will be too late. There's no coexisting. We read the text clearly earlier in John chapter one. The text says that to them, to those who received him, yes, to them, he gave the right to become children of God. Now, in, intrinsic with that declaration, a tr- intrinsic with that assertion, is that to those who did not receive him, he did not give that right. Right. He did not give that right. So there's only two kinds of people in the world. Yep. There aren't there aren't Muslims. There aren't Buddhists. There aren't Hindus. There aren't Christians. There aren't uh, uh, Jews. Mm-hmm. No, there's only two people. Do you that there, there's children of God and there's those who are not children of God? Amen. There's only two kinds of people. Right. Speaking of reducing, let's reduce mm-hmm. it to that. Absolutely, 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 absolutely. Yeah, there are those in Adam and those in Christ. One is one is one is in a position to account for his own sins based upon his own work. The other has been washed and cleansed, purified, and made new in Christ Jesus. Exactly. There's only mm-hmm. two. And that's it. And I pray that you're in that first group. I pray that you are in that group that John chapter one, verse 12 talks about. I pray. And if you have not come to faith in Christ today is the day of salvation. Amen. Amen. 